Well, thank you guys for coming out and taking time out of your con experience. I really appreciate this. Um, I'm Heather, and today I'm going to be talking about your brain on comics. And so before I start uh, really getting into that, um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and why I'm standing up here. Um, I have a background in clinical psychology, which is the study and the treatment of people who have like mental health disorders. Um, I was teaching psychology um, at a university for a little while, and now I get to study how people understand comics um, in various forms of media um, at Georgia State University, so that's pretty cool. So I'm get, going to share with you a little bit about like what uh, I've been learning uh, myself, and so I kind of also would like this to be um, not just me like giving like dumping information on you guys. But if you have like questions or comments throughout the panel, by all means, raise your hand. We, like, let's make it a conversation. So one of the first things that I wanted to talk about is like the really basic part with comments. Um, you see an image and words on a page. Okay, and it sounds really simplistic. Like you look at an image. Okay, that's Superman, cool. But it's actually kind of a complex task that your brain is going through. So your eyes focus on this image, and then somehow, in like milliseconds, that image comes in through your eyes, gets channeled all the way back as a neural impulse to the back of your brain, and there it gets interpreted as all these colors and squiggles and whatever, Superman. And then from there, your brain starts doing stuff with that information. It's not just you see it and then you go with it. In these milliseconds, you start thinking about, well, what does that mean? What do I think of when I think of Superman? Like, just what pops into your head first? Truth, justice, the American way. His powers. Awesome. So, like, just seeing something and then immediately start thinking about it. There's also the thing of what do you actually focus on when you see an image on the page? And creators are kind of, they're really cool about this because they know like if you want a lot of, if you want your reader to focus on the page and take in this particular image, you include a lot of details. Because for people who are kind of like experienced comic book readers, like you read a lot of comics. Very seldom, I would bet, do you really linger on each panel as you read the comics, right? You, you kind of go, you go to the, the text first, right? And then you're just, you're just going through it pretty fast. And then if something's interesting going on in the image, then you kind of focus on that, especially when there's a lot of details. Or maybe they'll, they'll have this uh, particular kind of art style that's not very detailed, but then something happens very dramatic, and they'll take up a whole page of it, and then it's all full of details. They want you to pause and linger and focus on it, because they know that as your eyes are going across this page and focusing on these different things, it's going to, your brain is going to pause, like details, something's important. Focus your attention on that, linger on it, and then the longer you linger on it, the more time you have for those associations. So I'm thinking about it more. Less details, the faster you can go through it. You're not overtaxing your brain. You could just fly through those images. But what's kind of cool 
And it's kind of a, a trend that I've been noticing in comics lately is that artists have been trimming down the amount of details necessary for their readers to understand the image. So like with this Hellboy up here, I mean Hellboy's kind of a, he has a lot going on with him physically, right? But he doesn't have in, the, in these different pictures a whole lot of details. And in fact, in some panels in these comics with this, and this, his name is saving me, the, the artist, um, sometimes it'd be like Hellboy's off in a distance and it's just a red triangle. But you, the reader, knows red triangle, Hellboy. And somehow this artist has gotten you to associate just a very simplistic image and associate it with something that's pretty complex. So your eyes are focusing on different images on the page. It's taking it all in, goes to the back of your brain. Your brain's like, ah, oh, that's what that is. I see it, I get it, milliseconds go by. And you focus on different things. You're looking for what's the most important information, usually the text, and sometimes going back to the pictures. Well, here's the thing with comics, though, too, or really with any kind of visual media. Yeah, your brain's looking at it, and it's like, here's what this literally is. A red triangle. But I know what it means. Hellboy. So not only is a picture and you, your brain is interpreting the thing that it literally is, it's thinking about it in a metaphorical way or in more of a, like an analogy. So like you could take some, some artists have depicted the city of Gotham very simplistically. It's just a few uh, strokes of the pencil and some colors. But you know what all is going on in Gotham. You know that it's filled with however millions of people um, killing each other. And it, this, the fog coming up from the ground and you know about the underground system and the dark alleyways, but it doesn't take all that much for the artist to get you to actually start thinking about that. And then there's this whole other kind of layer of just storytelling in general, where yeah, we're reading about this story and what's happening, and we're interpreting the pictures, um, hopefully the way that the artist is hoping that we do, but we're also assigning meaning to the pictures and to the story. And a lot of that has to just do with your individual self. So you read an issue of Batman whatever, and you are gonna to react to it in a different way than I'll react to it. A lot of times the, the writers, the artists, they're trying to elicit a certain kind of emotion or reaction based on the story. And we might have some similarities among us when we uh, read those kind of stories. But it might differ based on, well, I read these storylines, and so now this is making me think of that. Or maybe you'll read it, and you'll be like, this is, kind of reminds me of this period in my life. And you start thinking about that, and you have that kind of emotional reaction to it. Or you start reading about a character that you really relate to, Maybe you kind of see yourself in that character, or maybe it's a character that you would like to be, and they're going through whatever in the storyline, and then you make that relate to yourself on a very personal level. So yeah, our brains take in these images and we interpret them, on in a very neurological, literal sense, 
But then we also take those images and we make it really personal to our lives. And one of my favorite quotes uh, from someone whose last name is Forceville, someone who studies comics, says, we make sense of our lives through storytelling. And I really like that quote. Um, I quoted it last night, didn't have the person's name. It's Forceville. Um, we make sense of our lives through storytelling. And I said also last night in my panel on video games, I think that's one of the ways like people kind of talk about like what separates us from animals and people will come up with all sorts of different things. But I think one of the things is through storytelling. Because we take literal things that are going on either in our personal lives or out in the world or just ideas that we have and we transform it to be able to talk about it in a different way through storytelling and often through uh, different visual media, whether it's comics or animation. So we take things that are in our reality and transform it so that we can communicate that reality to someone else so that they can understand it on multiple levels. But I kind of talked a little bit about individual differences we interpret reality or our reality is different in that different people have different experiences. No one else is living my life the same way I'm not living anyone else's life. So how they react to something is going to be different from how I react to something. Because I have a whole history and thoughts and emotions and opinions about things that might be similar to someone else's, but it's not exactly the same. Similarly, we have differences in culture and how we take things that are going on in our reality and we transform it into something visual in storytelling and different cultures will do that very differently. And remember just a few slides ago when it was on attention, I was saying the less details that you have on a page, the faster your reader can process it. Okay, because you don't have to take in everything and interpret everything, you just get it kind of a shortcut then for your reader. Similarly, you can put in something that is a cultural symbol and that becomes a shortcut. So, for example, we know, how many of you guys read manga or watch anime? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Like you kind of read it? You start reading and put the book down. Okay. So we got this one picture, it's Edward from Full Metal Alchemist. And that's not how Edward looks. It is how he looks most of the time because he's an angry little dude. But in this image of him, one, the background has disappeared, it's just gotten darker. His eyes have lost any kind of pupils, they're just white things now. And he has this little squiggle on his forehead. Anyone know, what? how would you interpret this image? What you got? You kind of raised your hand, but then you put it back down. Uh, yeah. He's got like a vein popping out of his head. Like, you know, sometimes like you see and stuff that the pupils get smaller in like movies and stuff and they get angry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it doesn't really, I mean, it kind of looks like a vein popping out of his head in a cartoony way, but you get it. 
So what is a vein, well you said it, a vein popping out of his head is being angry, right? Exactly. Um, we use other kind of symbols as well. I was explaining this to somebody this past weekend who is not familiar with comics at all. And that was a really interesting experience for me. But he was like, so how, if someone just saw um, an image of someone running fast and say they have no, um, or they just see this image, someone's running fast, they have those lines going out from back behind them. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's images, you know, because you're wearing flash. Running stuff, a line's coming out. What is that about? Those lines represent motion. The guy was back there. He's not just starting to run from right this point. He has lines behind him because he was over there. He's zooming. He's going fast. Or different sweat droplets. We get what this means. And sometimes, especially, let's switch to this one. With manga, they'll use different imagery than necessarily what we'll see in American comics. So for example, that, that background thing, American comics have kind of adopted some of this stuff, but they'll be like, they'll introduce a new character, and usually, it, like, for this example, it'll be a girl, and she'll do something or say something cutesy, and then the background becomes all flowers. We know literally in this scene that they're depicting, there's not just a bunch of flower petals coming down. But they're using the background and the flower imagery to depict, oh, she's kind of sweet and cute. And sometimes, if you're not familiar with that, it might cause you to pause and be like, what's going on here? What's going on? But for someone who's in that culture and gets it and has learned it, they process it super fast, you just get it. And so it's a shortcut for them. The way that, like you were saying, emotions um, in different characters' eyes. In this one, Edward kind of like, again, he's getting, he's not mad, he's more mischievous, and it's hard to see, and I'm, I'm really sorry about it, but his, his smile becomes very, he kind of looks like he just got Killer Croc's mouth. Like his teeth become really pointy. And that one threw me off at first. I'm like, what's going on here? But they're, based on the context of this, I got it. He's being mischievous. He's messing around with Winry. And this smile, this very toothy killer croc smile, depicts that. Artists will also even use the gutter, the space in between panels to explain to you a passage of time. Things that are really close together, they're happening really quickly, those panels. If it's spread out, we don't want you to read that one yet because it's not happening yet. Or if it is the next one that you need to read, we're spreading it out, there's a period of time happening in that gutter. That's not said, I don't think that comic readers are really taught that explicitly. But you get it, especially if it's something that you've, that you've read a lot of comics and you've seen this over and over again. It becomes easier and easier for you. This one has the motion lines. You can't see it as well. But over here, maybe you can see it a little bit better. 
What's going on with Black Canary? You got your hand up. Exactly. Now, probably in reality, if I had Black Canary right here and I wanted to like knock all of you out unconscious and I had her scream, we wouldn't really see these lines, right? But comics don't have sound. We could just have her opening her mouth. She could be yawning if we didn't have those lines, you know, cracking her jaw or something like that. But we put those lines on there so that we know she's screaming and those vibrations are going through. And then, not only are we looking at different images, and we're interpreting, okay, that line, those circles mean sound vibrations, and they're really strong. And we're getting these individual details out of each panel, which is already a pretty complex task for your brain. But with comics, you have to navigate. So let's say that this is a comic book page. Where would you guys start? Which panel would you read first? I don't know what that means. Top left. Okay. Top left. Top left. And then where? To the right upward? Yes. Okay, to that angry face. And then? The long one. The long one. Okay, cool. Where do you go after the long one? Oh, now you're going all the way back up there to where it says wham. Yep. Okay. And, and then you go straight down. So a lot of times, comics will have, or like the older comics, thinking like original Superman, Batman stuff, it was like six, pan yeah, six panels, and it was call it's called a Z formation. So you just, the same way that you read words on a page, you read left to right, exactly. But now, we're kind of doing that. We're falling back on, we start up here, the same way we were doing with, we're going across, we're trying to follow it. The long one kind of messes us up a little bit, but we're good at this, and so we go back up and then go straight down. And so, most people who have like experience with comics, they're able to figure this out pretty quickly. Like, I didn't trip up you guys at all. Other people can have a little bit of difficulty with this because they're not used to it. They need the time and the experience to learn it. So it takes their brain a little bit longer just to figure it out. Even still now, if someone has laid out a comic book page in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, I'll read the wrong panel first. And then I'll be like, oh wait, this doesn't make any sense. This couldn't have happened yet. And then I go back and I refigure it out. I have to re-navigate. So not only am I interpreting the page, and I'm also figuring out the way to go, and then if I'm wrong, my brain corrects itself, looks for the correct path to go. And really this whole time, I've just been talking about visuals, but most comics have include text and visuals. So you also have to be a pretty good reader and interpret all the stuff that's going on visually. And it kind of depends on how much they interact with each other. Older comics, 
back in like we talked about with the panels just as the information was very simplistic they relied on text more their images didn't as much tell the story as the text did they relied on on dialogue and text boxes to tell you what was really going on and here's an image of superman holding up a car but we've gotten a little bit more complicated because you know the longer we spend in an art form the more we can figure out well how can we push the boundaries so the first one i have up here we got rorschach and there isn't any text at all it's just three panels you read it from left to right and it continues the story without any text and just kind of you don't really well, obviously you don't see his face but he looks at the button he looks up at the building, pulls out a gun. And so without any text, any kind of thought bubbles or whatever, you kind of pick up, he's deciding what to do next. And in the one below, we have Spider-Man, and he's lifting up um, whatever kind of rubble that has fallen on him. And he's saying, it's moving, can't stop now, last chance. Must keep the momentum more, just a little more. No one talks like that as rubble is falling on you. Not really. I mean, I, I haven't had a whole lot of rubble. The little rubble that I have had, I haven't talked a whole lot through. But with these earlier comics, like this picture of Spider-Man, they relied more on the, the, the text to tell you what's going on through Spider-Man. They wanted to convey this positivity that Spider-Man has that he's, he's always going to try his hardest no matter what's falling on him or what he's dealing with. So they explain that through the text. Now we could probably show an image of Spider-Man, a whole building is falling on him, but he keeps going and there are no images, but you see that he keeps going and you might feel just as inspired. And a lot of times they'll, um, text and visuals might actually contradict so the, te the character is saying, well, let's go back to, to Edward here. Let's give him some dialogue. He says, yeah, I'm really happy about that. So we would, the text and the visuals would contradict, and then we'd be like, okay, but here's really what's going on. And then you figure it out, you integrate the two. He's saying he's fine, but obviously his body language the same way that we would in person. So yeah, as we're reading, and you go super fast through the comic books because you're focusing on the text, you count on the text more, but if the visuals contradict it, then you will adjust your storyline with it, exactly. And a lot of this is just based on your individual knowledge and I say ability but we'll kind of we'll put that over here for a second because I kept talking about I kept talking about like experienced comic book readers they have obviously a lot of experience it has added to their knowledge especially if you seek out things because you're a comic book fan seek out things to give you more knowledge about this thing that you're interested in but sometimes, especially with like cultural um, sayings or depictions or whatever, if you don't have that knowledge, 
it's not going to make any sense. Much like this image. Can you guys see it or do you need to read it? <laughs> okay, so if you don't have any back, this means like advice, by the way. I looked it up because I was like, oh, okay, well, that, that aligns with everything that I know and feel in my heart about these two. But what it means is you, you need some advice. Like you need to hear what I'm saying and, and, and go with it. Also, we talked about those different um, symbols. And the more abstract they become, like the less details that they have, the more experience you need with this medium to get it. Someone can't just see a single panel with a red triangle out of context with no experience and be like, oh, I bet that's Hellboy. That makes a lot of sense. You need to have that background knowledge. So it's already been fairly complex up to this point. What's all is going on with your brain? But here's the thing. Anytime with a storytelling, as the story progresses, sometimes something new in the story will reference something that happened earlier in the story, which causes you to then remember everything that happened back then and be like, oh yeah. So not only you have to pay attention to certain details, get that out of um, the comic, whether it be visual or text, and hold it in your mind and you interpret it, and you're like, okay, I have whatever thoughts about it, and now I'm gonna put it back in my memory, and then later on in the story, or however many days or how long it takes you to read this particular book or you reference it, now I have to think about it again. Or you can just hold it in your brain and think about it constantly as you read the story. But we only have so many mental resources. We talk in society about this thing, the short-term memory. And people will be like, yeah, I don't remember something that happened two days ago. I have a really bad short-term memory. And we kind of all know what we mean by that. But when psychologists use the term short-term or working memory, they're talking about really the here and now, what you're holding in your mind, like within 30 seconds. And there's only so much you can hold at any present moment, especially for that 30 seconds. And it's about seven pieces of information, which isn't a whole lot. It's a little harder with text, like with a, like a regular book, you're reading it and then you have to remember what's going on before. And if you're like, yeah, I don't come to this character. I know I've read this word before, but who was it? I have to flip back and look at it. With comics, it's kind of really helpful because instead of holding all of the images in your brain, the images are on the page. The comics kind of become part of your short-term memory. It holds it there for you. So that you can focus more on processing really fast and all that interpretation. And then, so the thing with comics though, we have these different images, and I kind of was saying like, you know, the wider the gutter is between the panels, the longer the passage of time, and even if it's really close, it's happening very close in succession. Um, on average, 
But panels aren't like frames in animation where like every frame is just like a little bit of a step or of a motion and we do it really, really fast and then it's, it's like fluid. Comics aren't like that. So from the top one, we have a period of time. And then in the next one that we read with his foot going through the door, it's the next period of time, but there's been stuff going on in the story in between these two panels. But your brain kind of fills that in. It's like, okay, he's there, and now his foot is through a door. I know that he kicked it. And then after he kicks through the door, or whatever, I guess, I'm just like assuming it's a door, he gets through there, and then he starts shooting. We don't see the motion of him going inside whatever place, or seeing whatever uh, his target is, and moving his gun to the front of him. We don't see all of it, but our brain fills that in for us. We make assumptions. I assume it was a door. And so we kind of build this, this narrative in our head that's more complex than actually what's on the page. Because in your head, you're holding in, this person's walking through, they burst through the door, they see someone, they move to shoot. It's a little bit more complex than what's actually on the page. You're making assumptions and you're filling in those gaps. What also we do is we go from panel to panel. Our brain, which really likes shortcuts, as I've kind of been implying, but our brain really likes shortcuts. And one way that it makes shortcuts is that it makes predictions about what's going to happen next. And so I have this old Peanuts or Charlie Brown comic up here. And so like, let's just say that you've never seen Charlie Brown ever in your life, and you, I was covering up that last one. You see, he throws his arm back, It's like, oh, this kid's about to make a pitch. He throws it, and your brain's like, oh, yeah, make that prediction, it's right. Either he's gonna strike out the guy, or the ball's gonna, he's gonna hit the ball. And then the last one, well, he hit it, but I wasn't expecting that. And that's kind of what makes comic strips kind of funny, is that it's counting on you to make a prediction about what's going to happen next. Some sort of expectation that makes sense in the story. And then the, the, the joke is, here's this unexpected thing that uh, you didn't predict. So we go through and we read comics, and besides all the other stuff I've been talking about, our brain makes predictions. What's going to happen next in the story? And then two things either happen, either what we read confirms what we thought was going to happen. Great, our brain can process it even faster because it's already like one step ahead. Or we see something new that we weren't expecting. And then we have to update that little narrative, that complex narrative that we've been holding in our brain. Update it, make new uh, predictions. What's kind of cool, like I don't want to do this research because it takes like millions of dollars for no good reason, um, but it's kind of cool research, is that we can put those, those nodes on people's brains, have them read a comic book strip, or a comic strip, like Peanuts. We show them one panel at a time, so we can see them on, like, okay, they're going along, they're making these predictions, this thing that they weren't expecting happens, we can measure it. The brain lights up. 
Anytime that you get new information that updates that narrative you have going on in your head, there's a neural response for that. And that some psychologists really creatively labeled N400. If your predictions are violated, say back with this comic strip, someone who's never seen it before, they see it one panel at a time, they get to the last one, they're like, oh, wasn't expecting that. A totally different neural experience happens. And what's also kind of cool is we have these parts of our brain that deal with understanding language. So like when we're talking to each other, if you're talking to me and my, I'm listening and I'm understanding it and interpreting it, one part of my brain lights up. And then I respond to you and I'm creating language and I'm giving it to you, a different part of my brain lights up. So we're creating language and communication in part of the brain. Reading and reading comic books, I guess because it's dealing with language, even though we're not actually speaking or hearing speaking, hearing language, same parts of the brain lights up. And so I have one takeaway, but I have a longer rant than what it says up here. I have on here that our takeaway is reading comic books is an interaction between biological evolution, because you have to use your eyes and take it in and it makes a neural response in the back of your brain, perception, which is what's going, now that I've seen this, what do I think about it? How do I interpret it? And how does that affect me on a personal and cultural level? But the thing that's kind of like, I think a bigger takeaway or why I'm just really interested in, in learning more about this and talking about it is that comic books aren't really seen as like, like a form of literature, you know? It's not really thought of as this complex cognitive process that you go through as you're, as you're reading it, as you're experiencing a comic book story. And like, I, I think I reference literally everyone who's studying this right now. And it's like five people all over the world, mostly in the Netherlands, for whatever reason. They like comics there. But most of all, it's not really seen as this thing that's like, oh, this is really complex, and we can learn about the human brain. Very few people think that. And so it's just starting to be this thing of like, oh, okay, yeah, people have been reading comics for a long time. We've been depicting visual stories since like forever. But yeah, we've been reading comics for a long time. They spend a lot of time doing it and interpreting it. Let's talk, and they're really into it. They have these whole conventions where people get together just to talk about it with each other. Let's study what's going on here. Some people also are like, okay, so a lot is going on here. People of all ages are really into comics and get a lot out of it. Let's use them in schools. But still at this point, like reading graphic novels might show up in a high school or maybe a middle school or something. But it's usually kind of like regulated to this fun little book club that we're doing. 
there's actually um, one artist, I'm not sure if he's here actually, but there's one artist who lives in Atlanta and he's been trying to do a book club with his daughter's school, having them read graphic novels. One, it gets them into reading. It's more fun. But my kind of thinking is, let's take it another step further. I talked all about this interpretation and see, interpretation, making these inferences, filling in the gaps between all of these different panels, making predictions about what's going to happen next. Interpretation, not just visually like, okay, here's this image, what is it? But interpretation like, what does this symbol mean? How does it relate to the culture that this particular book came from? All of this is critical thinking skills that we try to teach people in school. And here's a whole other mode that we could be doing with that. And kind of a little unfortunately, there's a pretty large percentage of people who get through our school system who aren't like passing elementary school level of reading of ability. And that really has no correlations or no uh, relationship with that person uh, necessarily just with their how smart they are or what their work ethic is or what they're interested in. It's just this percentage of people our school kind of dropped, our school has just kind of dropped the ball. So maybe we could chip away a little bit at that percentage of people if we used an, another mode to teaching them reading and critical thinking skills like we do or try to do with literature. So that's kind of where I'm at and what I wanted to talk with you guys today. Thank you guys for taking time out of your con experience in your day and your lunch time, time to come and hear me talk about comics. I really appreciate it, especially you guys who listened to me last night and thought, yeah, I'll listen to her again. That's something I'll do with my life. Um, so thank you.